You're listening to Kelly Track is Figuring It Out, a new podcast series by me, Kelly Track. I'm a business coach. I'm the soon-to-be published author of P.S. You're a Genius. And I'm a professional figure-it-outer, or at least that's what I'm going to call it. In this mini-series, we're exploring all those feelings and emotions that come up right before you're about to do something big and how exactly you figure it out along the way. In my case, it's the launch of my very first published book coming this November 2021. So buckle up and enjoy the ride. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the show and welcome to another mini series here we're doing on the podcast called Kelly Track is Figuring It Out. This week, we are figuring out the fear of success, which is something I have been experiencing lately and I wanted to uh, reflect on and think about it for a while so that I could regurgitate some facts for you. Oh my God, Siri, I said regurgitate and Siri is like the little glowing Siri ball on my phone has picked it up. It says, I don't know what you mean by, oh my God, Siri, I said, but how about a web search for it? Lol. I always have an irrational fear sometimes. This is a side note, by the way, that if I mention somebody's name, Siri is going to pick it up and like accidentally call them. Whew. That'd be a very embarrassing thing. <laughs> That's why I have my phone on airplane mode uh, a fair amount of times. If I'm having a very like personal conversation, just to make sure nobody gets like a random call from Kelly track and like overhears it. Anyways, back to what I was going to say. Today on the podcast, we're talking about fear of success and what that is, because it's been coming up for me in my life lately, and it's something I've never experienced until now, so I wanted to deep dive on it. So what exactly is the fear of success? It is kind of as I would describe it, it's sort of, for me, it manifests as, oh my God, what if it all works out? Like, holy cow, that just comes with a whole new level and a whole new level of visibility and questions and can I handle it? It's sort of like if you have this fear of it working out, you might be indirectly self-sabotaging yourself now. And it's also like you don't have a block that is like, oh, I can't achieve this success. It's more of like this fear around what's going to happen if this success happens and the change that it will bring and what's going to come as a result of that. That's where the fear comes up. Uh, it's really around the changes that are going to take place. So for example, a fear of success might manifest in a couple ways. Number one, low goals, like having small goals, keeping the bar low for yourself so that you don't, you know, get too big, uh, procrastinating a lot on your goals and kind of stalling and waiting and buying time or letting opportunities pass, being a perfectionistic person, um, really wanting everything to be perfect before you put it out. Therefore, you kind of delay putting it out. Quitting right before you're on the verge of success and looking for a reason to quit right before it happens. Engaging in self-destructive behaviors. So like doing things that put obstacles on your path that are going to knock you off the alignment of you going towards your goals. Those are some examples of fear of success and what that looks like in real life. In terms of what you're thinking in your head, the fear of success can look and present itself in a couple of different ways. Uh, for example, you might be thinking, okay, if I hit it big and I get in the spotlight and I, you know, do my business, or I do my thing, I get the promotion. What if I get there and then I decide, oh, I actually don't want this spotlight on me. Or perhaps, for example, you might see something like, well, I'd love to start a YouTube channel, but what if I get a lot of trolls or hateful comments? Or what if it like brings out negative folks who, you know, don't like my work? Like, I, I don't really want that. Or the fear of success might even feel like, 
what if I can't perform? What if I can't deliver? What if I do all of this and then I get there and I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I can't do this. Maybe you have built up a, a big audience, a big following. Maybe you have a ton of people in your online course. Maybe your business has attracted a ton of customers and you're like, well, what if I fail? Like, what if I can't actually deliver on what I'm trying to do? It's kind of like this imposter syndrome coming out in an indirect way. You might also have the feeling of like, I really like my life right now. What if I don't want things to change? Or what if they change in a super radical different way? And like, what if I'm not ready for that change? And if I get really successful, what if I don't have the time to do all the things that I want to do now? Like what's going to happen to my life as is if I get all these amazing things? I bring all these things up because this is something I've been really thinking through and working through the last few weeks here. Um, I, you know, I had never had the fear of success ever in my life. At one point I did have the fear of failure, the fear of, you know, things not working out, but <laughs> I've had many failures. So I've gotten over my fear of failure through failure itself. And now I'm like, meh, I have a track record of failures. So it'll just get added to that list. Like no big deal. Yet fear of success has been new and very different. So let's just sort of rewind and let me fill you in on my life and updates and things going on in the land of Kelly Track, which is always a land of commotion and movement, especially right now. I don't know about you, but I feel like there's a lot of change in the air. I don't know if you feel like that in your life, but I definitely feel like that in my life. So I have obviously been working on my first published book, and this has been it will be coming to almost a two-year project by the time it gets released. And we're right around the corner from publication date, which is November 30th, 2021, of P.S. Your Genius, An Unconventional Guide to Finding Your Innate Gifts, Even When You Feel Like You Have None. And yes, I've said that a million times and will continue to say it a million more times. I'm proud of the book. Now, I have definitely been thinking about fear of success because there's a little nagging voice inside of me that's like, whoa. What if I get on like a rocket ship and go to this whole new level? I have been indirectly asking for a whole new level, but like, what about, it's just going to be so much more visibility and more people are going to know me and can I handle it? And am I really that good? And what if I really, really actually don't know how to find people's geniuses and I've just been making it up this whole time? Like, can I really perform? And it's like, of course, yes, you can Kelly, but there's a part of me that's like, are you sure? Are you sure? It's this, it's truly this fear of success of like, oh man. If I hit that level, what's going to happen? And is that good? And do I really want that? And what does that mean for my life right now? The little cozy, happy, safe life that I've built, will it entirely dissipate if I go to this new level? Um, that's what I've been thinking about. And that's how it's been manifesting in my life. I'm not sure if that resonates for you or if you feel the same. Um, maybe you do, maybe you don't. It's all good. But yeah, it it's just been a very fascinating fear to experience. But on the flip side, and in a positive sense, I kind of like to think that the fear of success is almost special because it's different than the fear of failure. The fear of failure can really hold you back from starting. But I feel like if you've ever experienced fear of success, it's sort of like, you know, you're on the right track and you're doing the right thing and you're making the leaps and changes you want to make. Yet it is very terrifying. I feel like all I've said when people ask me, are you excited for your book to come out? I'm like, I am very excited and very nervous at the same time. <laughs> and that's like the truth. There is a lot of excitement and there's a lot of fear, um, which is just part of, I don't know, putting out a 226 page book into the world of your 
innermost thoughts and secrets and secret dreams and fears and shadows and shames and failures and screw-ups and some success but a lot of things that went wrong and then being like hey everybody do you want to read this for 24 dollars wherever books are sold <laughs> but i'm really proud of it i'm really proud of it plus throw in some like weird jokes and some funny sense of humor and a really pretty cover and you've got p.s you're a genius but it's really been a fear of success that's been rearing its ugly head for me so I kind of want to talk about ways in which I have been working through this and ways in which I have been navigating this. Oh yes. Also, I would be remiss not to mention uh, the two other things that are really popping up for me. Um, these are even larger than my my book coming out. Um, so I'm kind of on the verge of me working on two lifelong goals as well. So as I've previously shared, I want to pivot out of podcasting and get into doing like my own show. And ideally I have my own Netflix show. This has been like a long held dream for me for the last ooh, like three or four years. Um, and something I've never really felt like I was ready for until maybe now. Um, and that's something I've been starting to think about and work on and starting to take the first steps towards that. I have also been looking at a potential move to the beautiful and sunny California. Um, moving to California has been a lifelong dream since childhood, a childhood dream. Um, and I got to live in San Francisco in 2016 for a year on and off. And it was, hmm, I would say probably the best year of my life, even though all my startups failed. Uh, which is very interesting, but I had so much fun and it's a city that I've always enjoyed. So I am planning a trip back to SF and I was going to go down for about a month, um, possibly extend up to three to six months to see if I still really enjoy California, if I really like it there, um, and then take it from there in terms of next steps. So I had a big breakdown a couple weeks ago and I'm talking like the crying meltdown like the not pretty kind, you know, when you get like the snot coming out of your nose and you're using the entire box of tissues and I was sitting on my bed and I was crying to, um, two people who are very close to me in my life on the phone. And I have this blanket scarf from Ritzia. Ritzia is a very popular Canadian, uh, clothing brand here in Canada. And they have these blanket scarves and they are huge. They are both a scarf and a blanket because they're very large. And I have my favorite, uh, it's called birch the color tone it's like a it's like an oatmeal-y beige I love oatmeal-y beige colored things and I had my blanket scarf wrapped up all around me I essentially looked like a baby in a blanket and I was bawling and sniffling and crying on the phone to two folks in my life that are very important to me and I was going about on and on about me being scared about my book coming out and like oh my god like how am I gonna go to California and like oh my god my Netflix show this is all so nuts like what the hell like this is nuts and I had a moment where I realized this is the part where I really pinpointed the fear of success because I realized I am the closest I've ever been in my whole life to the three things I've wanted most. Three huge lifelong dreams coming true. One literally coming true because I have a book that's at the printers right now and two that I could just sort of pursue, no problem. And I was terrified, terrified. Like the amount of fear was just insurmountable um, in a way that's almost hard to express, but almost as if you were just like stuck and frozen in fear. And 
I want to kind of like share how I've been working through it for the past few weeks because I have been on calls with my mentor, Christy Bartelt. I've been working with my therapist. Um, I've been calling some of the folks that are close to me in my life and asking for help around this because it's kind of a, it's a big thing. So I want to give you some of the tools I've been using in case they help you. So the first was a question I got um, from my friend and I was telling him about me essentially being very afraid to go to San Francisco. And he said a very interesting question to me. He said, are you more afraid of going or are you more afraid of never coming back? And I was like, oh my God, that's very interesting. And it was actually the fear of me never coming back. Um, but it really prompted me to think about this. What are you really afraid of? Like, what really is the fear? Can you really pinpoint what that fear is? My therapist had me do an exercise where I just wrote down every single thing that I was afraid of in terms of my book coming out and me going to California and then me also doing my Netflix show. She's just like, just make a huge list of all your fears. And sometimes it's just much easier to deal with them when you see them listed on paper versus just having them run around in your head. I thought it'd be funny if I read out some of these entries in my journal. Okay, it says, here's the title, list of fears around San Francisco slash Netflix. Number one, what if I totally fail? Number two, what if I turn 30 and still have nothing to show for myself? Number three, what if it doesn't work out? <laughs> Number four, what if I get famous? Number five, what if I get death threats that I get so famous? Number six, what if I make no money and my business dries up? Those were some of the fears I had written down. And even when I come back to this list, and it's been kind of a month now since I wrote this, even when I look at it now, I'm like, oh, you know, some of those fears, I don't have that much anymore. This is just a good exercise to do. If you're really feeling in the muck, like if you really feel like you're trudging through the mud is to just write down all the fears and get them out of your body and like write them on paper. And then you can see really what you're working with. And then you can see like, which one of these are real? Like, is this really an issue? And if it's an issue, what should we do about it? How could we navigate this? Um, or is this not really an issue? And can we kind of put it to the wayside? So it's like, okay, if we take number one, what if I totally fail? Is this really an issue? Like, okay, if you really fail, Kelly, like, what are you going to do? Well, I'll just come back home to Vancouver, right? I don't know. Write another book instead of trying for another TV show. Okay. Can you move forward with this fear? Okay. Yeah, pr probably. Um, the other fear, like, what if I turn 30 and still have nothing to show for myself? Obviously I wrote this in a moment of feeling very sad and low self-worth because last time I checked, I got a book deal when I was 26. So I think I'm doing okay. But Still, the, 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 um, the ego, the inner critic can be very loud and very, um, angry <laughs> at times. So I'm like, okay, this is a stupid fear. We can let this one go. I think you'll be okay. I think you've done enough shit. Kelly tracks. Stop. <laughs> Don't be hard on yourself, but just go through your fears one by one and really ask yourself, what can I do about this? If this is a serious fear, what could be my backup plan? And if it's not a serious fear, can you dump it to the wayside? So the second big thing I've been doing is telling folks what I have committed to. This is something that works really well for me. I am an upholder according to the four tendencies from, do, 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 what's her name? Oh, Gretchen Rubin. One of my favorite books, The Four Tendencies. Amazing book, truly. If you have not read it, it's about accountability styles. And um, she has a quiz to figure out your accountability styles. And I get all my clients to do it before a coaching call because I love to know other people's accountability styles. One of the things that you can learn about yourself is if you do well with external accountability, AKA if people are holding you accountable, will you do it versus just you holding yourself accountable? I'm good doing both, both upholding internal and external accountabilities, 
but when other people are holding me accountable, I'll really like really effing do it. So, um, I have been telling people what I'm doing and this is a tip I'm going to pass off to you in case you are feeling nervous about something in your life. I have now told my friends that I am now going to San Francisco. I'm like, yep, I'm going. It's happening this October slash November at some point. Essentially, as soon as I'm done recording my audiobook, um, I am on the first flight out. Uh, and that's exciting, but I have put it in motion energetically through telling everybody, Hey everybody, Kelly Tragg's not going to be here. Um, and I might come back later and I might be gone until uh, the new year, depending on how things go. Um, or depending on when I do go, but I've been telling everybody. So it's no longer like this thing of like, Hey, you know, I have this idea. I might go to San Francisco. I don't know. It could be a bad idea. It could be a good idea. I'm not sure. I'm not coming with that energy. It's like, Hey everybody, I'm going to San Francisco. Okay. See you in a few right? So think about this in your own life. Where can you do this too? If you have like a goal you're working towards or a project or a business, how can you get committed to it by telling people about it and make sure that you have decided in your mind? Because I mean, I know for me, um, I really believe that my word is my wand. I believe that is Don Miguel Ruiz that says that, um, I should check that if it's not, I'm sorry whoever said it initially, but I really do. I'm really big into integrity and whatever I'm saying is what I mean. And I try to be in the highest integrity with my words. So it's like, if I'm telling my friends that I'm doing something, I'm doing something. If I say I'm going to be there at six o'clock, I'm there at six o'clock. Um, so if I tell folks that I'm going to San Francisco, that means I'm going to San Francisco. I'm not like going to bail on it. Right. Because they're indirectly holding me accountable. So tell people what you're doing. Number three is to get somebody to remind you how great you are. Um, Sometimes this can just be really helpful. Just when somebody is like there in your corner and reminds you that you can do it. I've been leaning on two people in my life a lot lately, um, both who have been huge champions and cheerleaders for me. um, And both of them have really, really helped reflect things back to me that I needed to be reminded of. So for example, (laughs) the other night, because this is in true Kelly track fashion, me just telling you all my feelings over the airwaves of the podcast. Um, I was getting really kind of nervous about my book and like doubting if my book was good. And I was like, Oh, I read it recently. And I was like, Oh, I would have changed a lot of things. And I don't know. I don't know if it's that good. And, um, somebody really close to me in my life was like, Kelly, he's like, your, he's like, your book is truly so good. He's like, it's truly something like I've never read before. You have a very different viewpoint. He's like, I think it's really unique. A lot of people just take other things and regurgitate them and then say it as a book. Um, he's like, you know, your thought point is super unique and different. And there's a lot of people that really need to hear it. And he's like, a lot of business books are really dry and boring and yours is really good. And it was just sort of that affirmation that I needed, you know, when you're kind of going through a, a slump and somebody's like, Hey, by the way, you're awesome. And you're really good at this. And you know, you are doing a good job and you're like, really? I am. Are you sure? Thank you. (laughs) Get somebody to tell you that you're great. Like truly get your best friend on the phone, get somebody that's close to you, a partner, you know, a boss that you're close with, like somebody that, you know, is, is a really big cheerleader and champion for you. And let them tell you that you are good and you're going to do it. Yeah. I have another person in my life who literally, I I was talking to him on the phone as well. And he was just like, Kelly, I believe in you. He's like, you're going to sell a million books. He's like, you are going to be a New York times bestseller. He's like, I can see it for you. It's happening. And I'm like, really? Thank you. Just like having those kinds of people in your life, just to kind of pick you up when things are down are 
huge because sometimes it's easier to believe it when the people you trust and respect say it to you. Um, and sometimes we don't have those folks in our life to do that. Or if our dream is still new and early, it's still kind of, you know, we might not have those people around us, but I would just think about like, do you have like one best friend that you could call who would give you that sort of cheerleading and give you that motivation and that just that reminder, especially on the days when it's hard or when you're struggling or when you're feeling really unsure. Now, my fourth tip for you is that you'll be able to handle things in the moment when they come up. Let me kind of explain this. Back in business school, we did a ton of business cases and I loved, no surprise, I loved doing business cases. They'd give you a business, they'd give you like, you know, a 20 page document explaining the business, talking about some of the goals it wanted to achieve, some of the pain points and problems it was having. And it was like, make a plan and, and a presentation about how you're going to fix this business and turn it around and solve these issues. One of the things you had to do in these case competitions was do uh, risks and mitigations. So you'd have to think about what risks and what problems might potentially arise in your plan and how you're going to solve that. Now, this it was always called risks and mit, risks and mit. Now I've gotten very good at doing risks and mit in my business, in my life, right? Thinking and going through like the next 10 steps of, okay, what might go wrong and how can I fix that now? And how can I prevent that now? I'm amazing at risks and mit all day long, but sometimes this can be too much when you are trying to pursue a dream and then you kind of have all these other fears and all these other like doubts and all these other things. And you try to account for those kinds of things. You kind of, kind of got to be careful of how much you're doing planning around risks and mitigations, because that can be a never ending thing if you're not careful. And lately I've been using the reminder of like, if something comes up in the moment, I can handle it. Like if something bad happens, I can take care of it when it arises, right? If something doesn't work, I'll pivot, right? But it's, it's remembering essentially to get you out of just thinking, 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 planning, 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 and going down contingency plans if things don't go and work out, but getting back to the present moment and being like, I'm just going to try. And then if something comes up, I'll take it from there. And I trust that I can solve it in the present moment. That's been really helpful for me. My fifth tip for you is a mindset tool I actually teach inside of PSCR Genius, and it's called taking the flipped perspective. This is when you take a thought and you invert it around to see if you can get a more empowering view. So for example, when I find myself saying things like, you know, here it goes, nothing. I flip it on my head and think, okay, here goes everything. Like, what if this could be everything? Like, what if this is a decision that like, totally changes my life for the better. It just gets me into a more empowering headspace. Or if I think things like, oh my God, what if this doesn't work out? I turn around and think, well, what if this does work out? What if this actually pans out? And it kind of gets you into the possibility mindset versus sort of a negative mindset trap of dwelling in the negative and being pessimistic. This can be really helpful in the moment. Um, especially when you're making big life decisions is to try as much as you can to flip the script and see if you can think something a little bit more empowering in the present moment. It kind of reminds me of that Pinterest quote that I think swirls around the internet of the like, I think it's like a girl leaping, you know, like every other cheesy poster that you would see at like a scholastic fair of a young girl leaping over a pond in red rain boots. And it says, what if I fail? And then it says, oh, but my darling, what if you fly? I always think that's really profound, even though those posters are in fact absurdly cheesy. There is a lot of um, profoundness to that. Instead of thinking, what if I fail? Like really, what if you fly? Like what if it works out for you? What if 
everything you want is on the other side of this. Sometimes that can be very liberating and just help you feel a little less scared, even if it's for a couple minutes, just to kind of get into a different headspace. I can find that to be super beneficial in the moments when I'm really nervous about something or I'm feeling really uncertain. Is to just try to flip the script on my thinking and tap into a little bit of a better mindset. This leads into my sixth tip for you. And this is something I've been thinking about a lot lately. This is very much a YOLO energy, truly saying YOLO, like you only live once and playing your wild cards. This has been a very big topic in my life lately of like playing your, uh, your wild cards and essentially doing all those things that you've kind of had in the back of your mind, the dreams you've always had, sort of thinking about like what your wild cards are and what those cards would be if you were to play them in the game of life and also recognizing when you have an opportunity and taking that opportunity to play your cards and go all in this is fun this has a fun energy to it it's scary and it's nerve-wracking but it's fun i i mean i am a risk-seeking individual i'm not physically risk-seeking but mentally and creatively i am very risk-seeking so i'm like cool let's play the wild cards let's do it um yet you gotta kind of understand when you have an opportunity actually it was my therapist that really gave me this frame of view so we can thank her for that one but she was kind of like kelly you have a window in time where you are free to do whatever you want i am single I have time on my hands. I have money. So it's easy for me to get up and go. She's like, if you don't take this opportunity now to do some of these big things that you've always wanted to do, like check out California for a while and do your Netflix show and do all this like book stuff you want to do. She's like, in five years, you could easily have a mortgage, a partner and a dog. Like, so it's like, this is your time, right? Because down the road, things may look totally different. Um, so you kind of got to recognize when you have a window of opportunity. And as, um, actually as Chris, my former partner used to say to me, he used to say, you know, when you have an opportunity, you don't just run hard, you run 10 times as hard. And I never forgot that. Um, I really think that is such a helpful frame of view because it's true when you do have an opportunity and you have a window of time, you have to take it right. You have to say yes. When you intuitively know that it's the right time to act on something. So really think about that. If you feel like you're at a time in your life when you have a window of possibility and you've got some time to do something, act on it, right? That could be the, the time that you have, like, like time, time, it could be the money, the resources, it could be the creative bandwidth. For example, say you're in a season where you have, you know, you just feel like you're creative and you could make an online course or you're feeling creative and you feel like you could have the bandwidth to like make that painting you've always wanted to paint or, you know, write that sci-fi novel you've always wanted to write, write the song you've always wanted to sing. When you know that you have that space and time move because time, you know, time and time and money and resources those those things are you know limited in terms of what we have so when you do notice yourself having a window of time like run and don't just run run 10 times as hard i have always i've always loved that quote um so think about that and also really consider playing your wild cards and not being afraid to play those wild cards this was a big discussion i had with my mentor christy bartelt i had hmm, maybe three months ago about you know, just playing all your wild cards and <laughs> kind of going for it. I feel like I've played a lot of wild cards in my life. Like, I don't know all of my wild cards. I always just play wild cards. And now I feel like the cards are getting more and more wild. <laughs> 
and I was like, I asked her, I was like, gee, I was like, when should I stop playing my wild cards and maybe just like be normal and like get a normal job and like buy a house and like live a more normal trajectory for a while and kind of just take it a little bit more chill. Essentially, that was my question. I was like, when do I stop playing the wild cards and kind of go on cruise control for a little bit and take it easy and chill? And she was just like, Kelly, you always keep playing your wild cards. You keep playing them until you die, pretty much. Um, because that's what makes life less, my words, that's what makes life fun is playing the wild cards and trying things, right? And going for things at whatever moment in time that, you know, feels right for us. It's those leaps and chances that make life fun. And sometimes, not sometimes, let me correct that. Always they feel scary, always. And you know, there is an appeal to not playing the wild card and not taking the chance. Yet, sometimes you got to think in terms of time and life in terms of, do you really want to look back on this choice, you know, five years from now and think, was I the person that went for it or did it? Um, I'm going to give you a tip number seven. I got, I got a seventh tip for you. I was actually going to cap it at six, but I'll give you, I'll give you tip seven because it ties in with this. Um, and it's sort of like who you want to be in a year from now. Because I thought about this, my two of my best friends are getting married to each other next summer. And I thought, whoa, that's a very definitive marker in time. Because they've been doing a lot of wedding planning, I have in my head a such a clear visual of the venue and the dress and the photographer and the flowers and who's going to be there. And it's a lot of my friends from business school. And, you know, I have such a clear visual of what that moment in time is going to look like when I show up at that wedding uh, next summer in August. And I asked myself, and I thought about this, I thought, whoa, do I want to go to that wedding a year from now and be the person that went to San Francisco and tried for a Netflix show or the person that like stayed in Vancouver the whole time and didn't go for it? Man, it makes your wild cards an easier decision when you look at it through the reference of time. So maybe you have an upcoming date on the horizon, right? Maybe it's your friend's wedding like mine, for example, or maybe you have a big work project or a move or something in the calendar where you are like, oh, that is like approximately a year out or approximately two years out or even six months out. And do I want to be the person that went for it by then or didn't go for it by then. My therapist been saying to me, she said, Kelly, the time is going to pass regardless. She's like, you are going to, you know, your book's going to come out in November, regardless of if you're going to San Francisco or not. So like, do you want to go to San Francisco between now and then, or do you not want to go to San Francisco between now and then? And sometimes it's easy to forget that the time's going to pass regardless. You know what I mean? I don't know why I keep forgetting that one, but I do. And I'm like, you know what? That's such a good point. The time really is going to pass regardless of if you do the thing or not, if you play the wild card or not, if you take the chance or not. So you kind of might as well just take the chance and see how it goes. I, I mean, okay, obviously I'm kind of biased because I, I love taking chances and sometimes my chances work out, but it's, you kind of got to remind yourself that that's the fun bit right? Even though it's scary and even though it's hard, it's like, it's what makes it fun is sort of like, could I pull this off and can I do this? I am not sure, but I'm going to try. I like that energy. That's a very fun energy to me. Um, so if that calls to you and speaks to you, consider, consider using it especially around, you know, what we've talked about today in terms of fear of success and you actually going for it and you pursuing that thing that you've always wanted to pursue. 
Okie dokie, I think this is a good place for us to wrap up. Um, as you can tell, I think these last 30 minutes we've spent together have been a debrief of everything I have learned in therapy and with my mentor in the last... Um, few months here. So I hope you enjoy. <laughs> I hope this was helpful for you because this is truly what I'm learning in real time and truly what I'm working through in real time. And that's why I wanted to do this mini series called Kelly Track is figuring it out because I am literally figuring it out right now and I'm trying to figure it out. And, um, I hope my figuring it outness is working. So let's do a recap of the seven things I shared with you today around overcoming your fear of success so that you can go do that thing you've always wanted to do. And these are the things that are really helping me in the present moment. Number one, asking yourself, what are you really scared of? Like write down your fears, write down every single thing that you're worried about and ask yourself, is this a real fear? And if it is, how am I going to like mitigate this if it comes up? Or is this not a real fear? And can I just like let this go? And is this sort of the inner critic stories? Number two, tell people what you're doing. Once you've made a decision, tell people, especially if you're really good with upholding external accountability, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your significant other, tell your workmates, say that you are doing X or Y or Z, but make it known that you're doing something so that you feel like you have to take action and you'll feel guilty if you don't do it. That definitely works for me. Number three, get somebody to remind you how great you are. Like when my friend on the phone was telling me how great my book was, right? And just reminding me that my book was good. Seriously, on the days that it gets hard, that's like what you need to hear from somebody that is really in your corner, that you are good, you're doing a good job, what you've got going on is good, and you can do it. Figure out who that person is in your life and call them when you need to talk to them. Number four, with whatever comes up, you can handle it in the moment. If you're anything like me, you like to think through the risks and mitigations and you try to plan and forecast what potential problems might, be or might arise and fix them now so you don't have them down the road. That's a very helpful strategy in business. Yet around going for your dreams and navigating the fear of success, sometimes it can hold you back because you're going to always spend too much time worrying about fears that might come up um, and what you're going to do about it. So instead of always being on disaster control 24-7, just remind yourself that you'll be able to handle whatever comes up in the present moment. Um, and if something comes up, you'll figure it out on the spot because you've done it before and you can do it again. Number five, lean into the flip perspective. So instead of thinking like, what if it doesn't work out? Ask yourself questions like, what if it does work out? And it's sort of like, what if I fail? Well, what if you fly? You know, here goes nothing. Well, here goes everything. Well, what if this gives you everything you want? Always be flipping the script when you find yourself getting into those negative thinking patterns. I've been doing that one a lot. <laughs> Number six, sometimes you have to say YOLO and play your wild cards and really recognize when you have an opportunity in life. Um, and when you have that opportunity, take it and go, especially when it comes to those things that you've always wanted to do. Like if you have that time and space right now to paint the painting or to write the song or to make the course or to start that business or to, you know, get that startup off the ground, whatever it is for you. If you have the space and time, play your wild card and go for it because time and resources and money, that stuff can shift and your life might look super different a year from now. So if you've got time and space and energy and resources and money and devotion and love right now, pour it in if you feel called to do it. Number seven, think about markers of time. For example, like where do you want to be a year from now? And think about a moment or are you showing up to an event? So for example, it's me and my friend's wedding. And ask yourself questions like this. When I go to that wedding, do I want to be the person that did the thing? Or do I want to be the person that did not do the thing? And just play that safe. That can be a very 
helpful visual to lean into in the moments of uncertainty. So those are the seven things that I'm really working through in real time. I hope you like this episode. This uh, weirdly felt very cathartic for me to tell you all these things that I've been learning. And of course, um, I am notorious in my life for the people that I'm closest to. I always say the advice you give to others is the advice you need yourself and what you don't like about others is what you don't like about yourself, um, which are two great Kelly Track lines, which are probably going to go into whatever next book I write. But of course, when I tell you all this stuff, I'm like immediately in the back of my mind being like, Kelly Track, are you going to take your own freaking damn advice? Um, in which I am. I am saying yes. And part of me being accountable to my dreams is telling you all this shit so I don't bail out of going to SF and working on my Netflix show. So thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. I so appreciate you. I hope you enjoyed this. Um, I hope you liked this. This was fun. So yeah, that's the show for you today. Thanks for tuning in and I'll catch you back here soon. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to my show. I so appreciate you being here. And hey, if you want to order your copy of P.S. You're a Genius, an unconventional guide to finding your innate gifts, even when you feel like you have none, you can pre-order it today at kellytrack.com books. That's kellytrack.com books. I hope my book finds its way to your doorstep this November 2021. Alrighty, catch you back here soon. Adios.